Alexia Gordon, author of the Gethsemane Brown Mysteries, published by Henry Press, and the host of the Cozy Corner podcast, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Joining me in the Cozy Corner today is Kathleen Valenti, author of the Maggie O'Malley Mysteries, also from Henry Press. The third book in the series, as directed, is available now. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to have you. Uh, the title of your third book, As Directed, comes from physician's instructions to take medications as directed. What role do pharmaceuticals play in your mystery? Oh, that is such a good question. You know, when I first um, began writing Protocol, I knew that I wanted to write about pharmaceuticals. And I think part of it was because I, I knew I wanted to write something that was sort of thriller-esque and wanted these larger-than-life characters and entities to help raise the stakes. But I think most of it is because that uh, I feel like pharmaceuticals are so much a part of our lives in many ways. I think something like, I don't know, 75% of us take medication on a daily basis. So, you know, just really sort of opens the door to that whole world of pharmaceutical development and, you know, the importance in our lives um, and the potential for drugs to do good and bad. And how did you decide on the particular pharmaceutical themes and as directed? I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, so um, that was very much uh, influenced. So in protocol, I'm sorry to go back a little bit, but in protocol, um, Maggie O'Malley, the protagonist of the series, is working in pharmaceutical development. And as the series continues, she goes from the, sort of the research side to behind the counter. And so in um, As Directed, we find Maggie in her new role as um, a pharmaceutical assistant. And that uh, role just gives her the potential to kind of be a part of people's lives and look into people's lives. And it, and it reminded me a little bit of um, the Tylenol poisonings in the 1980s. And so that's kind of what inspired uh, that book. You know, those events, how did that happen? How did that unfold? And what could that mean to somebody who's working behind the pharmaceutical counter? And you mentioned that Maggie uh, began on the research side of the pharmaceutical industry and has become a pharmacy tech and plans to earn her doctorate to become a pharmacist. Can you tell us a little bit more about Maggie's journey? Yeah, so she um, was a, a student of life. I mean, she, her her thing was to um, be this academic superstar, and so she was very driven and did very well in school and then got her dream job at a, a pharmaceutical development firm called, called Our Excellence in the first book. And then in the second book, we see this transition as she leaves that world and decides to... Um, go work for uh, somebody that should be friends in the second book, Levon Petrosian. And so that begins her journey into pharmacy, being a pharmacy tech and her realization that um, she maybe wants to be a little bit closer to the people that she wants to help. That's kind of at the root of this pharmaceutical career is she, she wants to help. She wants to be part of these advances, but now she wants to be on the more person to person human side. And earlier you mentioned that uh, there were some thriller 
esque elements. So how did you balance writing a, a medical thriller with the more cozy elements of being very involved in, in other in the characters' lives and the small town atmosphere where the relationships are just as important as the action? Yeah, it's kind of a funny balance because I find that I'm sort of in this in-between where um, sometimes people say that these are cozy, sometimes they say that they're mysteries, and sometimes they say that they're thrillers. And in some ways, it's kind of all of the above. Um, you know, it very much is about the small town, these relationships. But I think that the sort of fast pace, um, you know, clicking or ticking clock and high stakes kind of makes it feel more like a thriller. And I think the fact that we do see, you know, some, I don't want to say violence, but I guess it's true on the page. I mean, we see a little bit more of that um, kind of edges it more toward mystery or thriller. And just this very um, sort of, you know, we got to turn the page, got to turn the page because there's something about to happen or she has to stop something from happening. So I think that edges it a little bit more closely toward um, thriller, but you're right. I mean, these personal relationships and the setting sort of create that more homey feel as well. So maybe we could invent a new genre called the cozy thriller. <laughs> I think that sounds like a great idea. Now, do you have a background in the medical or pharmaceutical fields? No, I actually get this question all the time. And the biggest compliment is when someone says, Oh, I love how you used your background in pharmaceuticals to write this series, which is like the biggest compliment ever. But no, I actually um, am a writer in my day job as well. I'm an advertising copywriter. So I write about, I mean, I've written about everything, which um, is good in some ways because it kind of gave me the courage to write about a topic I didn't really know anything about. And in my day job, I do a lot of research, which I did for this series as well. And I'm very fortunate that I have a friend who works for Big Pharma. And I also have um, a couple of friends who are physicians who were absolutely instrumental in bringing, you know, each book and the series as a whole to life and just keeping um, me true to, to the actual truth because, you know, Google can only get you so far. So I really rely on their expertise to, um, make sure I'm being as accurate as possible. So there's really a ton of research, um, both, you know, kind of computer and library and that kind of thing, but also interviewing these experts in the field. Can you tell us about some of the more interesting things you uncovered in your research? Well, for this book, since this is kind of, as directed, is kind of a, po kind of a poison book. Um, I did a ton of research about poisons and um, I learned a lot. I mean, everything from sort of your classic poisons like strychnine and arsenic and, and that kind of thing to more exotic poisons and also the delivery systems for those poisons. And that is a whole fascinating world in itself. And I actually wrote a piece not too long ago about my very suspect um, internet search history because the things that I was Googling were, <laughs> they were so terrifying. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting. I don't know if you have um, been to any of the Poison Ladies uh, workshops or seminars at Malice Domestic. Yes, I have. I have I've been to one. It was yeah, fascinating. She is it's fascinating and she's such a font of knowledge. So I really thought about her 
and things that she's talked about in the past at those um, workshops, you know, just to sort of kind of inspire me. But yeah, a lot of research. So that was been really, really interesting. And then in my um, second book, there was definitely a lot about um, a, a someone's medical event became a really central part of the mystery and um, who was guilty, who wasn't. So that was that was kind of fun. That's a that's actually a sleepwalking book, which is a topic close to my heart because I'm a chronic sleepwalker. So that was fun. And then in the first book, Protocol, uh, a lot of uh, research about how drugs are brought to market. And again, fascinating world. I learned a lot. And in each of these um, books, doing this research, the learning has been just really interesting to me and, you know, kind of mysteries on their own, apart from fiction. They're just, there's there's so much to learn and um, I've really enjoyed it. So how do you balance the research? Because obviously you've done quite a, a deep dive into the pharmaceutical and medical industries. So how do you balance including enough of the research on the page to give the story credibility, but not including so much that your story ends up reading like a textbook? Oh, that's such a good question. And I find that um, usually that means a lot of editing and cutting because it is tempting when you have all this information and you've done all this research to put it out there. So it's kind of almost proof to yourself that you know what you're talking about and also to let the reader know that, hey, this is legitimate, this is real. So a lot of that, I think, for me is in the editorial phase where I go back and I end up stripping out a lot of that, that detail because it's just really... Um, too much. So the balance comes from, you know, enough that the reader knows, hey, this is real, this is legitimate, here's what it means. But right, not so much that you, you're getting bogged down and kind of in the weeds in um, details that you don't need to know in terms of like the plot or the overall story or the theme or the characters, um, you know, just enough that it makes sense and you can see that it's part of the story. Is there anything you uncovered in your research that was so fantastic you had to cut it out because no one who was reading fiction would believe it? <laughs> Actually, yes, in every book. It's funny because um, sometimes I'll, you know, hear comments, you know, when I do an um, event or even, you know, readers online, they'll say, oh my gosh, th this didn't ring true, this would never happen. And every one of those instances, and I don't want to reveal too much, the answer was actually like, well, this was based on um, actual science or a true event or, you know, something that, that has happened, you know, and some of the details have been changed. So, yeah, very often these sort of fantastic um, things are, are really reality-based. Sometimes you're tempted to include footnotes to say, yes, it really happened. <laughs> yes, I'm very tempted because sometimes, it's just like sometimes you read the news and you think, if this were a book, I'd be saying so unrealistic, but it's in the news. It's actually happening. You know, it's that whole truth, truth, strangers in fiction thing. <laughs> right. And speaking of what's happening, as we mentioned, this is the third book in your series as, as directed is. So what's next for Maggie? What's happening next for her? Oh, you ask such a good question. You know, um, I've been thinking, should I should I get right into the next Maggie? Should I do a standalone? And I think I think we need to see more of Maggie. The the book ends at a critical point, um, both in her personal life and in her professional life. And 
so I'm cooking on book four and we'll see um, how things develop. I don't want to reveal too much, but we'll see how things develop both for Maggie, you know, in her work life and in her personal life as well. And are you working on anything outside of the Maggie world that you can share with us? I'm not. I actually, you know, I had sort of two um, competing outlines going, thinking standalone versus Maggie. And it was like a race to the finish, which one would be the the direction I wanted to go first. But I think I think mostly some really kind reader feedback. I think I'm just going to focus on Maggie for a little bit because people seem to want to know more about her, what happens next, which is so fantastic to hear because, you know, when you're writing, as you know, it's like, hey, how are people feeling about this? What are they thinking? And so when you get that kind of feedback, we want, you know, more Maggie. It is just it's so kind of heartwarming and, you know, really helps me choose the direction. And so for readers who want more Maggie, where can they find a copy of As Directed and the other books in the Maggie O'Malley series? You can find Maggie and all the books in the series on Amazon, iTunes, Kobo, and um, bookstores as well. Oh, Barnes and Noble and um, bookstores as well, especially independent bookstores. And I'll also add that uh, they can buy directly from Henry Press. That's right. Yes. Thank you very much for saying that. Yes, that's true. And readers who want more of you, where can they find you? Oh, well, I, I have a, a somewhat occasionally updated website, which is KathleenValenti.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I write on a couple of multi-author blogs, Chicks on the Case and Mysteristas. And I will post links to your social media sites in the, the show notes to the podcast. Oh, great. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me today in the Cozy Corner, Kathy. It's been my pleasure. I really appreciate this. It's been really fun. And this has been Alexia Gordon, author of the Gethsemane Brown Mysteries, chatting with fellow Henry Press author Kathleen Valenti, author of the Maggie O'Malley Mysteries. Thank you, listeners, for joining us in the Cozy Corner today. This is part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. And until next time, goodbye. Thank mm-hmm. you.